If God speaks to me, fantastic. But Daniel was created fearfully and wonderfully in his sight. And we always say, I, I call her God's favorite daughter. He's talking to her too. And so if he has a download for her, I lean to her for her download. So I don't even want to say equal or one when it comes down to our spiritual approach. Mm-hmm. So whether it's me or her, it's God ultimately speaking. And so I, that that's how I would answer the question about whether a woman could lead. She's one in, from God's perspective when it comes down to spirit. Hey, welcome to this episode of the Art Espousing Podcast. We're really glad that you're taking time today to listen to this show. We know your life is probably busy, so for you to spend some of your time with us means a lot. That's right. So we hope you had a great week. Ours was fantastic. James, you and I were at our annual church conference this past week, which is actually pretty emotionally, physically, spiritually exhausting. Yes, it is. So, but we're in a holy hangover and it was fantastic. That's right. We hosted over a thousand pastors from around the U.S. in 13 different countries. We had the opportunity to teach a workshop on marriage, which I think is pretty cool. Right. And individually, we were doing some teaching and workshops in other areas of church life, but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It was a really great week and glad that we had the opportunity to do that. So Lisa, do you know what tomorrow is? It is Valentine's Day and I'm very excited. That's right. Do you know what today is? I can't remember, but I know it's one of the special days that precede Valentine's Day. part of Valentine's week. Today is Kiss Day. Fantastic. So you can still give me a kiss a little bit later. That's great. I'll do that. We're really looking forward to today's conversation. Several months ago, we were blessed to meet Howard and Danielle Taylor at a marriage collective event held by Chick-fil-A at the Windshape Retreat Center just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. Such a cool place. It was amazing. If you ever have a chance to go there, you should go. As soon as we met Howard and Danielle, we knew that we wanted to spend more time with them and get to know them better. They are a blast. Yeah, Howard and Danielle are entrepreneurs as well as marriage influencers and coaches. They are the founders of Marriage on Deck and the creators of a really great small group curriculum called The Fundamentals of Marriage. You are absolutely going to love this couple. Before we go there, we want to make sure that you know about the Marriage Reboot Retreat. This is a two-day intensive with James and I, where we focus on defining the purpose and vision for your marriage. Listen to what Scott and Donna had to say about their Marriage Reboot experience. I would say we had a good marriage, but we had some areas that we needed to improve on, specifically communication, and we had some areas with our parenting skills. One of the takeaways that we had that was so good was it gave us the next step. It equipped us to move forward in our faith walk and in our marriage. It unstuck us to move to the next point. It really helped us in our communication skills. We didn't realize that we had faulty perceptions and faulty belief systems. So once we kind of gained awareness of that and we were given the tools, it's really just impacted our marriage in such a great way. Our communication has greatly improved, not only between Donna and I, but also with our family and our friends. We are so thankful for the tools that we gain to grow deeper in our communication and our intimacy is better. And we've created sustainable habits from the guidance and the reboot that has affected our marriage. I would highly recommend the marriage reboot because it's given us hope, it's given us direction, and it's given us purpose. So if you're interested in finding out more about the Marriage Reboot Retreat, we would love to talk to you about it. You can direct message us on Instagram, the word call, C-A-L-L, and we will send you a link to schedule a live video call with Lisa and I to see if the reboot is right for your marriage. You can also get the link in the show notes or online at artespousing.com backslash coaching. All right, so let's jump into our conversation with Howard and Danielle Taylor. 
Howard and Danielle, thanks so much for taking time to be with us. It's great to have you on the podcast. Thank you for having us. We are excited to talk with you both. We're super excited to talk about all of our favorite subject, marriage, I would imagine, and doing mm-hmm. it God's way. So thank you for having us. We met you guys back in October at this incredible marriage event at Windshape Camp. And actually, after we met you, we were in our room. We were like, those are cool people. And we need to hang out with them exactly the rest of the weekend. We and so we tried to sneak around you guys as much as we could while we were at Windshape. And without looking weird. Without looking weird, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> the feelings were mutual. The feelings were mutual. No, yeah. you guys gave us comfort. We were mm-hmm. all first timers. And yeah. It's like, okay, rookie corner, let's catch our table. <laughs> And I feel like it's the first day of school. It was it was good vibes. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah. So we were super excited to get you guys on the podcast and introduce our listeners to you and all that you're doing through your ministry with married people. We would love to just take some time for you to share your marriage story and then how that led to the creation of Marriage on Deck. All right. Well, I'm going to start. I'm going to take it way back, but then we'll fast forward it to now. The way back of the back is we met in college at Cal State Fullerton in 2001. Yes. I came in late with my friend, saw him in the front. And as the Bible study went on, he was answering all the questions. He was turning to the pages. He knew what he was talking about. And so that got my attention right away because it's very rare. I hate to say it, but it's very rare sometimes to see men who are in love with the word of God, who are on fire for Christ. And so that really like caught my attention about him. And then we dated for four years. I married in 2005. That's a good 30,000 foot perspective. But that (laughs) that little Bible study on the college campus was like a divine moment because Dan and neither one of us, I like we hear so many people say we weren't, we genuinely were not looking to be in any right. relationship. Danielle was at a different phase of her college experience as mm-hmm. an outgoing senior, even though she was my same age, she's super advanced like that. <laughs> she was an outgoing senior at 19, turning 20. And I was a normal path incoming freshman at 18. And, and both of us were just really heavily into what God was seeing fit for our lives. And, yeah. and at that Bible study, he just really, he allowed the Bible to bring me my wife. It was, <laughs> it was, it was scripture that allowed Dale to notice me. But I also had noticed her a couple of weeks genuinely in her spirit and her her look. And I just kept noticing her. She would come into Bible study late a couple of times. It was like she made her little Bible study entrance. I was seeing a friend from right. 45 minutes away. And that's why I was always late. But she stood out for ballet. She was so beautiful. And I was like, eventually I want to talk to her. And, and I approached her after Bible study, which is probably not the best thing to do with the Bible study. But I met my wife there. I approached <laughs> her after the Bible study and, and, and the rest is history. But what's interesting about that, I say all that to say is that Danielle and I had crossed paths. We had a childhood friend that lived with her neighbor and we would go watch his house mm-hmm. when Danielle and that family would go on vacation. So I would always be on her block and never met her because she would be on a vacation wow. with yeah. the family that we were house sitting for. And to that Bible study, God brought us together and we've been best friends ever since. But one thing I wanted to add is that Howard and I both come from broken homes. Mm-hmm. So like my family has Five divorces amongst my parents, Howard's parents. No, my my mom didn't get married. My parents didn't get married, so mm-hmm. definitely wow. broken. I have two step siblings, which we don't call them step right. half siblings. Excuse me, rather yeah. we don't call them half siblings. But yeah, just marriage was not Mm-mm. something that uh, we saw. 
successfully yeah. or happily either. I've, I've seen marriage in my family, but I haven't seen what I would consider knowing now being married, a happy, healthy marriage. Yeah. Right. So even though I had found this wonderful guy and we had such a good relationship, like leading up to that, I did not want to be married ever because I just felt like it doesn't look fun at all. And when you're young, you're looking for the fun in life. You're not looking for the arguments in life and the trauma in life and all of the dysfunction in life. So I did not want to get married. And then Howard, on the other hand. The exact opposite. Like at 12 <laughs> years old, I knew I wanted to, uh-huh. I wanted a wife that was a little bit older than me. I was raised by an intelligent, strong, single woman. So I wanted a very powerful, impactful mm-hmm. woman of mm-hmm. Christ. And God allowed me to find that in Danielle. And so for me, it was everything that I didn't have. I wanted to recreate through marriage. I felt like marriage was the answer to some of the ills that we experienced as children yeah. not having a father in the home. I wanted to do it the exact opposite. So I knew I wanted to be married. I just didn't know I was going to meet my wife at 18. But Absolutely. marriage was like the goal for me. I didn't know that we actually all share this in common. Yeah. James and I also come from broken homes. And so we are the first in our immediate family and my second tier down family that has not been divorced. So yeah. our parents have been divorced. Our siblings have been divorced. So we have a long history. Our legacy is divorced and we've made the decision that we mm. are going to bust the legacy. And what we call it is a transitional generation. Our marriage is actually transitioning the legacy of divorce and brokenness to God willing, mm-hmm. God providing a legacy of wholeness and strength and healing. That's Absolutely. powerful. That's yeah. awesome. A transitioning generation. I, I just think that's yeah, it's powerful for this generation. Our kids growing up, they do need to see yeah. something different from what we saw. Yeah, absolutely. It's, ama- it's amazing. First generation. I think I'm going to use that as well because yeah, you hear that with school, right? You hear a lot of people say I'm a right. first generation college student, I'm first person graduate from college. Yeah, yeah. But to he- hear you guys earmark that, yeah, on marriage is pa- is something powerful about that. Well, and your yeah. kids are getting from you that the thing that you didn't get, they're, like you they're said, getting. The example of healthy marriage of mom and dad in the house together. And it's really what our world needs more of is more examples of not perfect marriages, right? Because there's nothing perfect, but health and strength in marriage that is an example that can happen. And you guys are definitely demonstrating that for your family, which is really awesome. The very statement you made is the statement I've made is that I want to do something for my family that I didn't have. And I want for my kids, obviously my son too, but I have two girls that I'm glad that they have a father who's been an example of faithfulness and steady, mm-hmm. available, a protector, all the things that I didn't have. I love that about you guys. And I love that we share this story together. This I didn't know. Oh, how fun. Fun discovery. I was going to say that from the time we got married in 2005, every year, people would be like, oh, like coming over, asking for marriage advice. And we had only been married for a short time. Yeah. And we just be thinking like, well, we could give you some two cents, but you know, what do we know? You know what I mean? Friends, family, friends of friends, just advising couples on what biblical marriage looks like based off of our experience in the Bible every single year. Fast forward to the 11th year. (laughs) Finally, the 11th year, we went on a fast in 2016 to ask God for the direction of what he wanted us to do in our marriage for 2017. Like the purpose, right? How does he want this to go? Because up until this time, we were pursuing our career advancement and business and real estate endeavors and just things 
Then on the fast, God told us clearly, both of us, to talk to people about your marriage, which mm-hmm. we got paralysis of analysis because we just felt like well, we've only been together for 11 years. Who wants to listen to what we have to say? So we didn't do anything for right. three months, I think it was, right? Till March. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we didn't do anything. We didn't move on it. We didn't make any like plans or anything for three months because we just didn't know like how to go about it or or how to show up. Do we need cameras? Like just how to do it. So then God told us to start on Facebook Live, which at the time we hated to death. So, but he told us both the same thing at different times. So that's how we knew like, okay, we're going to need to start talking to people about marriage. And at the time we felt like, well, if five people watch, if one person watches and feels encouraged in their relationship, then glory to God. And the next day, I think, so we talked for like 45 minutes about the 10 commandments of marriage. And the next day, I think we have 500 views and we recorded at night, like at 9 PM. So the next morning we had 500 views. And then at, by two o'clock, it was even more, it just kept growing. And we were wow. just thinking like, Oh my goodness. Like people, we first thought that it was a problem with Facebook. We're like, no <laughs> are listening to us. Exactly. Like, something's wrong here. This must, these views must be people can't scrolling be by. <laughs> we can't just be didn't true. want to believe that anybody was paying attention. Yeah. <laughs> But every week we committed to showing up on Tuesday nights at 9 p.m. after our son went to bed to talk about marriage. And it just grew from there. People wanting to reach out to us to help counsel them, even though we were not certified counselors, we would try to turn them away like, no, we're not licensed. We're not certified. We're not anything. But it didn't matter because we were giving them the word of God. And that's Mm. more what they were seeking rather than just some frivolous advice from just maybe our opinion about something. So that continued to grow. Howard had prayed about how God wanted us to impact the community, like what that looked like specifically. And he told you. Yeah, no, God gave us a very, I would say, specific template in how to nurture marriage and serve in the marriage space. Um, Because we found through Facebook Live, it was like a great litmus test to the fact that people were hungry and they needed yeah. They needed some advice and oftentimes they needed it silently. We would do videos. It was like no comments and no engagement because they can't, they don't want to put their own marriage on blast publicly, but they're, right. they they listen in silence and get fed in silence, which was beneficial. But God told us he really wanted us to serve on the front lines. Mm-hmm. A lot of times people get into marriage ministry or anything for the glory of it and want to be famous and renowned, but mm-hmm. you find that the most impact is in the community, mm-hmm. right where people are at. And I think really it's a great place to cut your teeth on. So we started serving just local churches that weren't our churches. Mm -hmm. Um, We would help with their marriage ministry. Many small churches didn't have any resource to help enrich their marriages, even though they want to grow their church. And we believe a healthy church is, is rooted and grounded on Jesus first and healthy families and marriage according to his template second. And so we started partnering with other churches and that really allowed us to see what was going on in the field. You have the perspective of your marriage, but when you get to talk to couples and walk with couples in their own experiences, it gives you a heart of sympathy and or empathy if you can relate. And it also prepares you to talk to people about what's common. What we found when we coach couples is that there's a lot of commonalities that it's not just you. We try to take couples off the island and just me and just us going through this is like we went with that we went through that in 2007 right yeah. let me tell you how we handled it right and that that just allows it to be a very relatable conversation it. but as more people reached out we start thinking to ourselves like we should make this official like we're gonna call ourselves marriage on deck mm-hmm. we got certified by the american council association of I'm christian sorry, american association of christian counselors 
And that led us to writing a book and formally coaching couples and creating curriculum. Yeah, that is awesome. One of the things you did was you made a big move across the country, right? Absolutely. Yeah. You never know what God's next assignment for you is. Faith just has to allow you to be ready to, I guess, step out of the boat and walk on water when he calls you. And so Danielle and I, it last year, not too long ago, a matter of yeah. fact, last year around this time, we had just came off a of fast. We make fasting as kind of part of our habit in our marriage, mm-hmm. you know, but we were on a fast seeking God's face and direction. Me, I was seeking God to build my faith. I felt like I had 99% faith, not a hundred. And it was prohibiting mm. me from doing what God had already put in my spirit to do. And Danielle was seeking confirmation and an answer on this particular fast. Mm. And ultimately we just try to starve our flesh and draw closer to God through yeah. our fast. And in that closeness, we believe that we quiet ourselves, our flesh to allow God to speak to us. And frankly, on the final day of that fast, we didn't feel like we heard anything as it pertains to answers. But we, I did feel like my faith had been increase mm-hmm. on the fast. We were reading Joshua chapter one through nine specifically. And it was very apropos reading that because it led to what God was telling us to do. And so on the final day of the fast, my wife said she didn't feel like she had the answer. So we started praying and God just, if it could have been an audible voice, which it wasn't, but it was as clear as told me very clearly that we needed to sell our house in California and move to Duluth, Georgia, which we had never been to right. Duluth, Georgia. We've been to Atlanta but he's dropped this city Duluth in our spirit and he told us very specifically he was like you're you're moving to Duluth and we tried to ask all the questions why but in my spirit but God said no I don't want you don't get in your head with it I I this is my instruction. I'm sending you guys to Duluth, Georgia. And I have a remnant of people that I'm sending you to there that need you. And, mm-hmm. and, and I, he dropped that in my spirit and he basically immediately told me to get up and tell my wife, which was very unnerving to tell her something <laughs> that dramatic. We had just remodeled our house for Pete's sake. But my faith, again, I needed to be at 100% faith to just believe God at what he said. And I was, and so I had no fear in telling her and I got up and told her and then God began to affirm that very quickly. After Howard told me that when we went upstairs, I went to the bathroom. So I was like, Lord, I believe what Howard says. Cause I know that he hears from God. So I believed every word that he said, but I was like, I just need confirmation. Cause it's such a big word and it's such a huge move. Yeah. I was like, Lord, just give me confirmation while I'm standing in the bathroom. So then when I came out, he was like, Danielle, you will never believe this. Yeah, that that night. So Danielle was wonderful in her. She didn't freak out on me. She didn't be like, you didn't hear from God or any of those things, which she she could have. That's a pretty dramatic guy. We have two young boys and I'm saying that God's telling me in essence to quit my job and Danielle and I to sell our home and for us to just uproot our livelihoods to move across the country to another coast where we really don't have a great deal of family or friends, et cetera, right? Very foreign. And she just was paused, but she was resolute. She said that I believe that you hear from God and let's just go ahead and go upstairs. And so we go upstairs, Daniel goes to the bathroom and I go to my nightstand like, what did I just tell my wife? (laughs) 
has to be pretty intense for her. But I had to get up to go to work the next morning. And so I look at my email and at the moment we were praying, it was about 1030 p.m. We were at, at night and I checked my email. And at that same moment that we were praying and God was telling me he was sending us to this North Atlanta metropolitan area, a young man was buying our curriculum, which would have been 130 a.m. in Georgia. And he was buying it in the city and the county where God was telling us to go at wow. that very moment. And so God was telling me to get up off the ground and tell my wife because he was already providing her with confirmation and he would continue to follow up with confirmation of this is where I'm, I'm sending you to go. That's right. And so it, it really at that very moment calmed our spirit. Mm-hmm. about what was to come mm-hmm. and gave us confidence about what God was going to do when he tells you to go. We're working on a series right now saying it's centered around what do you do when God tells you to go? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because it calmed our spirit and we at that point had mountain moving faith about what he said to be true and off to the races from there. Absolutely. That is amazing. Oh my goodness. There are a couple of things you said there I thought were really interesting. Just the fact that you you regularly fast as a couple. That's a rhythm. Working with married couples, a lot of times we talk about intimacy and the idea of spiritual intimacy and just the boldness to know that you both are hearing from God individually and able to trust that when Howard heard from God that Daniel are like, I trust that he hears from God and that that growth and spiritual intimacy is so critical in a strong, healthy marriage. I'd love to just pull that thread a little bit. Can you talk a little bit about what your fasting rhythm looks like as a couple? Our fast is not always like a solemn food fast. Yeah. We may fast from social media. We may fast from anything that we feel like is distracting us in our flesh. We try to starve that thing out. So we were fasting for a week and our typical rhythm is we always fast coming out of a year, going into the next year, mm-hmm. separate from the church. And a lot of us who are raised in church, yep. go to church, the church has a beginning of your fast. We always want to seek God every single year for what he's doing in our lives. And we, we mm-hmm. utilize fast to draw nigh to him in the spirit. So every year at the end of the year, we're going to do a fast to figure out what God's doing for the next year. But about quarterly, we'll just go on a fast to quiet mm-hmm. our spirits and feel, figure out what our next move maybe right from God. What did, where does he want us to go? Because we're the type of people where we plan. So our year is planned out just in a natural. Yeah. Sometimes that doesn't give right. space and brevity for God to say, yeah, but, and so we try to quarterly have a rhythm of fasting just to quiet our spirits and, and draw close to God. And in that sometimes it's for answer's sake. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just to build our spirit, man. Sometimes it's to solve our flesh and try to rid ourselves of something that we may be struggling with or indifferent, mm-hmm. but this was a seven day fast this particular time. And I just want to say, because I know sometimes when I listen to things, I want to know like, but how, but what does that look like? What? Is, tell me more. Our fast was on prayer. And like Howard said, was from something that we chose that we yeah. felt like was too much. And probably for me, it was probably social media. But the fast prior to that, when we decided that, okay, we're going to find out what to do for next year. When God told us to start marriage on deck, we got up every morning at 3 a.m., to pray together for, I think, seven days at that time. Mm-hmm. And it was a sacrifice. It was powerful, Super though. powerful. Mm-hmm. Because it goes to that spiritual intimacy piece. Mm-hmm. We found that spiritual intimacy, we actually wrote about this. We call it holistic intimacy as a chapter in our workbook, but spiritual intimacy for us was bred through our dating period. We fast forward through that, but this, when Dan and I dated, we dated for four years. And one of the things that was habitual for us was reading the word and praying every day. 
Yeah. So we read the word and pray every day while we date it. And it allowed for us to get used to hearing each other and pray. We found uncomfortable for people, right? It's mm-hmm. like, well, you want me to pray in front of you? That's really intimate and really weird. It's almost like the first time, frankly, when you are physically intimate, it can be uncomfortable to disrobe. And, and so we got used to disrobing that led up to really powerful fast spiritually. We would disrobe through just discussing the scripture, misapplying the scripture, being a good accountability partner, researching the scripture. So that right. came in the intimacy of a relationship. And then life circumstance always hits everybody, whether you've been married for a day or, or, or 10 years. Right. And those divots and pivots, those what we call valleys of our marriage, that's when you get to lean on each other spiritually. And it has saved us many a time that we're spiritually intimate enough to be vulnerable during valleys. And so we do touch on spiritual intimacy, James. That's where fast have just came out of our maturation of just reading John 3, 16, maybe when we're 18. And it progressed to these conversations where, and men, you may be listening. It's like, well, my wife should just listen to me too. And we've had coaching sessions where we say, well, El was able to receive after many years of us being spiritually vulnerable. Yeah, it does not always happen overnight. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I've had to learn to trust her, her spiritual leaning and she's had to learn to trust mine over time. Yes. And it's became somewhat proven, I would say. Yeah. But, you know, for every couple, it's not plug and play. It takes a little time to. Absolutely. It's like having a great sex life. That doesn't probably happen on the first go. There's so much rich stuff here. I think this all this segment was just all worth the listen of just the depth and the beauty that fasting and your spiritual intimacy has built into your relationship. I think about what this has done for you individually as two people growing in the Lord. But then when you come together, your faith is built stronger, but then you have confidence in one another that you can trust each other. And you're hearing from, I mean, it's like layers upon layers of depth. And so when you go, what did anyone have to listen to us when we've only been married 11 years? Friends, that was why right there. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's why. Everything you just heard, rewind. That's why. That's why the people are wanting to listen to you because it is true. It's God's word and his guidance for us, which he's been guiding you guys all along. It's such an inspiration. So I love it. If somebody's listening today and they're inspired by that, how would you encourage a couple who doesn't know how to have that kind of spiritual intimacy or to fast like that? What would be a couple of things you would say, hey, here's a few steps you could do to start that journey? I would say that first I would start with probably reading the Bible together and talking about what you read. That's how we started. We just would read it. We just have the same passage. Like, what did you get out of it? This is what I got out of it. And went on from there. I would also mention for someone who may be uncomfortable praying out loud together. That's okay. Start off praying silently if you're uncomfortable asking what are your prayer requests? What are you, is there anything that you're dealing with at work or is there anything going on? How are you feeling in your health? Anything that you know about the person that you could just pray for them and encourage yeah. them in the Lord Yes, and, con- and be consistent. Consistency, I think, is a big part of it because it's easy to fall off from those types of things because life is busy. You know, we have children, we have work, we have all types of obligations pulling on our attention. So it's very difficult to sit down and just focus. But if you could do it in the morning or at lunch hour, just call and say, mm-hmm. hey, this is what we're reading today. Let's just get into it. I think that over time, that will help. You will look forward to the time together. You start building up the trust in the person and that they're able to hear from God that they are truly seeking God and it brings them closer together. To echo the sentiment, spiritual intimacy is where we get to 
to let down gender roles a little bit. It's not a natural thing. We we know from scripture, the Bible calls us to leave and cleave, right? And he, it says it's not good for man to be alone. And so he created this incredible woman for us to leave and cleave with that the two may become one flesh. And that spiritual connection, that oneness is essential to men being sharpened. There's scripture where we say iron sharpens iron. There's a lot of things that speak to the strength of bonding. But I found that spiritually is where I'm most edified by Danielle. We'll go out into our daily lives and play all kinds of different roles, and that's fine. But when it comes down to the guarding of my heart, the, the vulnerability of my heart as a man, that comes through spiritual edification of my wife. And I'll tell you, it's been probably the biggest security blanket to me as a man is that in this spirit, I don't have to worry about whether my wife, she's only five one. I don't have to worry about if she's six two, but I know that in the spirit, she's seven foot, right? Mm-hmm. And so I could glean from her that way. I could lean on her her that way. And the guy has no respect or a person. And we gain a lot of favor and a lot of benefit from having a wise man. And the Bible says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And that favor with the Lord, I believe, comes through our, our wives. And so Daniel is a spiritual right. sounding board with me. She's a spiritual equal with me. A sanctified wife even can sanctify an unbelieving husband, the scripture suggests. So there's a lot of benefit on. in being vulnerable with your wife in the spirit that allows you not to operate in this male female role even though god has designed marriage for male and female we believe mm-hmm. in spirit you're one yeah. and so i could seek Danielle for prayer i could seek Danielle to lay hands on me i could seek Danielle to fast and pray for me i could seek Danielle for giving me scriptural guidance and likewise why because we're one it, it is a very intimate we're very connected there spiritually and we do not try to lead with well i have to hear from god if god speaks to me fantastic but Daniel was created fearfully and wonderfully in his sight and we always say I, I call her god's favorite daughter he's talking to her too and so if he has a download for her i lean to her for her download so i don't even want to say equal or one when it comes down to our spiritual approach mm-hmm. so whether it's me or her it's god ultimately speaking and so i that that's how i would answer the question about whether a woman could lead she's one and from god's perspective when it comes down to spirit well this is a foundation it's a fundamental of our our marriage and so this kind of segues into you've recently and you've nodded to it a little bit released a small group curriculum entitled the fundamentals of marriage so i'd love to hear a little bit about that the fundamentals sure. of marriage came out of the couples that we have coached and our relationship and the things that we feel like would be beneficial yeah. to help couples be successful in the things of the lord mm-hmm. the whole purpose when we started marriage on deck was to help uplift inspire and encourage couples to get married and stay married using mm. biblical principles Absolutely. and howard always says is to put the cool back in marriage come on and so we <laughs> want to create a resource that people could like at the time it was for our our couples that we were coaching mm-hmm. like we wanted to give them some homework afterwards to help strengthen their spiritual bond and their marriage yeah. but also to understand what the scripture says and how how to like interpret god's word around marriage because one of the things we found was like even though most of the people we were working with were christian they know a lot about what the word said. Right. So we feel like this was a practical way of introducing the word of God through testimonials or case studies, rather our perception of the things that we've been through and then what God's word says about it. And then that led to us. The developing it out, I would say. Yeah. Right? We we have, we told you guys, we always would read scriptures. We start out reading scriptures, our dating life. 
So we would, in our marriage, we created something in dating coming into marriage called the Ten Commandments of Marriage, right? Mm -hmm. And the Ten Commandments of Marriage was was how we navigated the nuance of communication because we were very poor communicators early in our relationship. Absolutely. And even coming into marriage, that's where we did not gel. We had totally different styles, but we allowed scripture made relevant. Right to help us navigate communication. When it came down to us managing our finances, we found scripture and made those practical relevant to how we govern finance. Yeah. And when it came down to, we talked about intimacy or whether whether it's intimacy or whether it's money management, whether it's friendship, forgiveness, mm-hmm. the workbook really fundamentally is based off of biblical scriptures mm-hmm. that we believe are time proven and relevant mm-hmm. to where we're at today in our marriage that would have been 2005 when we first got married and, and we believe they're applicable today so that's how we we have eight chapters from communication to intimacy and various topics that we all have to go through in marriage and their scripture and they're made relevant and practical that helps us navigate our lives and hopefully others navigate theirs absolutely yeah, and the workbook that you put together is beautiful it's a piece of art in itself, the design of it. But then you also have a video component that goes along with it, right? So the study can be done just through the workbook, or you guys actually do some teaching segments on video that go along with it. Is that correct? That is correct. We recorded a more focused Bible study where each chapter has the corresponding video and the sections correspond like 100%. They're less than 10 minutes. It's not a huge requirement, whether it's a one-on-one study or in a group setting or small group at a home or something. But then we also recorded like a TV show style roundtables, like real couples talking about real issues in marriage, where it's a little less, people may say, I guess, intimidating. It's it's a less accountability wise when you're watching it, because it just seems like you're watching friends talk about what's going on in marriage or what they've been through. Yeah. So we have both options for People, I think that it depends on your style and what you're looking for, but we have both options to serve both audiences. Yeah, yeah. Well, guys, this has been so good and literally went a different direction we thought was going to go, but so so strong. Yeah, and excited about the impact this is going to have for our listeners. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. If listeners wanted to learn more about you, where would you send them online? To our website, www.marriageondeck.com. Awesome. Awesome. I'll put that in the show notes. And we want to have you back on the podcast again sometime because Howard, you mentioned that your wife's 5'1", but she doesn't act like she's 5'1". And we're going to do another episode with you someday about Enneagram. Yeah. So when the picture is on Instagram, listeners, you're going to be like, oh, okay, I'm going to listen because this girl has, she's tiny, but fierce. So don't be, don't be fooled. She's she's a fierce one. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks again. Appreciate it. Thank you for having us. We loved it. Thank you so much. God bless. Wow. What a fantastic couple and what a great interview. I really am inspired and challenged by their commitment to prayer and fasting. You know, we got to hear a lot more about their journey and the amazing ways that God has shown up in their marriage just fantastic people. Our first conversation, James, with them at the Marriage Collective, they came right out the gate and told us like two or three faith stories, like where God showed up and we we're like, what in the world? This is really amazing. And then after having this conversation with them and knowing how much they focus on prayer and fasting, it's all coming together and making complete sense. Right. And it, it, I'm, I'm totally inspired. 
and challenge to step it up. So thanks again, Howard and Danielle, for being on the podcast. We will definitely have you back on the show in the future. And thanks to all the listeners for taking time to listen to the show. We have seen a lot of growth in the amount of listeners these last few weeks. So we know it's because you're sharing it with your friends. Thank you so much. It means so much to us. Yeah. If you have questions or comments about what you heard today, we'd love to connect with you. You can email us at artespousing.com. You can also message us on Instagram or Facebook. We want to invite you back next week. Lisa, you and I are going to talk about the important topic of how to create an emotionally safe environment in your marriage. We believe it's going to be super helpful for you. So we hope you join us. And remember, tomorrow is Valentine's Day. So make sure you show some extra love to your spouse. And again, today's kiss day. So make sure you kiss them today. Have a great week and we'll see you next time on the Art of Spousing podcast. Until then, bye-bye. Bye-bye.